Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hello, everyone. It's good to be back in your earballs. It is mid-February, and again, I cannot believe how fast time goes. But because it's a month of love, I thought that I would chat a little bit about self-care. I know that as women, you know, juggling career, family, and life, it's hard to fit self-care into a daily routine, and often it gets put at the bottom of a to-do list. And also, if you're a woman with ADHD, it's very easy to forget uh, self-care altogether, which unfortunately only exasperates our symptoms. Uh, In fact, little known fact, or maybe you do know this, uh, if a neurotypical person goes uh, for two days without proper sleep, they can present the same as someone with ADHD. So you can only imagine how much it impacts us if we're not taking care of ourselves. So this month or this week, uh, I really want to do what I can to inspire you to um, start adding a few more self-care habits to your regular routine. Uh, I will say also that... Um, This is uh, a full list that is not intended for everyone to practice all the things. It is a full list intended to inspire you um, to pick and choose what you think might work for you or look at it as a framework because you don't need to tackle all of it at once. And if you did, you'd probably not be able to sustain it for very long. So pick something that sounds interesting or compelling or easy and uh, start there and just start building some new habits. Um, there's no way I could have mastered all of this list on day one. And even four years later, I still fail to you know, do a lot of these things, but I get as much done as possible. And I don't do it for the gold stars. And I don't do this you know, for um, an aesthetic goal, which there's nothing wrong with aesthetic goals. But the reason I do this is because if I do it as much as I can, I feel so much better. And the better I feel, the more I want to keep this practice up. But the reverse is also true. So the less I do the things on this list, the crappier I feel. And the crappier I feel, the less I want to do the things on the list even more. And that is where the downward spiral begins. The spiral begins. Uh, For me, a downward spiral looks like missed workouts, eating food I know will make me feel gross, undersleeping, over-drinking, over-social media consuming and TV consuming. And I end up getting pretty stressed, overwhelmed, and burned out. And in fact, this list was born from a period in 2017 where I was suffering from severe burnout. Um, I now know in retrospect that that was part of my undiagnosed ADHD. But at the time, I just I felt like I was falling apart. And the only thing that could help me climb out of you know the the malaise that I was in were these practices. So that's where they were developed, and I kept them going because they make me feel so good. So don't look at this necessarily as a healing practice, but more so as a regular maintenance practice. And again, you know, no one's in, implying that you should do all of them. Um, I think that these practices. One more point here: they're really important for ADHD brains. Uh, especially because as I mentioned, you know, self-care is really the bridge to us having great 
experiences in life, like improving the quality of our life and living our best damn ADHD lives. If we don't have the energy um, needed to get through the day, then our days can look pretty crappy and we can start spiraling mentally, you know, and and picking on ourselves and and just going to a dark place, which I don't need to invite any of you into because you've probably been there many times yourself. So I feel like self self care is one of those active things that you can do to uh, not only take care of your physical self, but your mental wellness and be your best self and live your best possible life. So uh, I'm going to drop into the list now and also know that this list will be on my website that you can download. Um, And again, not to follow all the things, but at least uh, pick the ones that you think are fun and start there. But I am ordering this list in terms of what I would consider big rocks. So the things at the top of the list are the biggest bang for your self-care buck, and they roll down from there. So at the very tippity top is seven to eight hours of sleep a night, and we need this because our brain needs to repair, process, and help our nervous system stay in parasympathetic mode. Uh, If we are underslept, our energy is low, and we're generally, I don't know about you, actually, I can't, I'm speaking for myself here, I am at my worst. What little energy I have is used up by the body just to get throughout the day, so um, my brain function is just completely depleted. So if you're not sleeping enough now, please make this your top priority. It is always my top priority to get 78 hours sleep and I track it with a Fitbit. Uh, Move your body for at least 30 minutes every day, preferably in the morning. Movement sends oxygen to the brain, gives us dopamine boost, and a good two to three hours of focused attention immediately following the workout. So starting your your day this way is just such a gift to yourself. And uh, if you want specifics, um, optimally, you should be aiming for like 20 to 30 minutes of medium to intense exercise. So that could be like anything from a power walk to a HIIT workout. Um, but you know what? If if all you have the energy for is to walk your dog, that's still, it's such a great place to uh, to start. Not only because, you know, your circadian rhythm will appreciate the, the uh, outside sunlight first thing in the morning, but you'll get your heart pumping and um, feel so much better. Uh, Movement is also, by the way, a great way to help with emotional regulation. So if you find yourself in negative rumination mode, get up and move, like go for a walk, do jumping jacks, put on a great song and dance your face off. This takes your brain out of default mode network, which is sort of our rumination slash autopilot network. You know, when you're not really thinking about something specific, that's where your brain goes. And often it goes there like a drunk toddler. Um, but it, but it brings your brain into task positive mode where, um, you get back into your body and in the present moment and your body is focused, your brain is focused on what your body is doing. So that's a great way to, to interrupt rumination if that's what you do create, cultivate, uh, a meditation habit. And if meditation feels too difficult, try tapping. Tapping is emotional freedom technique, otherwise known as EFT. Just Google it and you'll see, um, what it, what it is. I could get into another podcast, but I won't dive too deep in here, but it's basically tapping on meridian points. And, um, much like meditation, it calms the nervous system and helps to make you feel centered and grounded. And even just 10 minutes a day can make a world of difference. Um, I do try to meditate every single day for at least 10 minutes. Uh, I don't tap as much as I used to, but usually when my anxiety is higher, 
I will use uh, EFT because I find that it really helps with taking um, that anxiety to a, a, a lower notch. Uh, next on the list, take your meds. <laughs> uh, this probably goes without saying, but it's got to be on there. Um, and then start your day with a protein-rich meal. So if you prefer to fast in the morning, totally fine, but try to make that first meal something that will avoid spiking insulin and give you a sugar rush because that will inevitably follow with a sugar crash. Protein gives your body sustained energy. So uh, reach for some eggs or plain Greek yogurt that isn't sweetened or a protein smoothie. But if and a caveat on the protein smoothie, um, try to hold off on the fruit juices and bananas because they're very high in sugar. Berries are fine, uh, frozen berries, fresh berries, but stick away from those um, fruit juices. Next on the list is to hydrate. And uh, this is really interesting. I didn't know this, but uh, hydration actually has an impact on brain function. So when you're dehydrated, when you're dehydrated, it reduces brain function. And often we get that sense of brain fog. And in fact, the only time that your brain um, doesn't function less effectively due to hydration is uh, when it is uh, occurring as a result of uh, sweat loss during a workout because you're getting those um, uh, the blood pumped into your brain through that workout. So even if you're a little hydrated, dehydrated, then you're still getting the benefits of the workout itself. So always make sure that you're drinking water throughout the day and through your workout and after your workout especially, but uh, know that your brain is... Um, running all cylinders when it's full of water and full of uh, movement. The next thing is to get ready in the morning. This is something that I have been not great with, depending on the time of year. Um, but even if you're not going anywhere, one thing ADHD folks seem to struggle with is transitions. And it can be exasperated if you're spending half your day in pajamas. So while I'm not suggesting that you get dressed up in like a full suit if you're hanging out at home, but dress for the way you want to show up that day. Uh, for me, as I've mentioned a number of times before, I typically wear workout clothes as my ready outfit because that way I'm always ready for movement. So I'll get up, do my workout, have a shower, then get ready in a pair of yoga pants and a sports bra and a sweatshirt or something like that so that you know, I'm dressed and ready to go for a walk um, at some point in the day. I recommend, speaking of that, walking 10 or making a goal to walk 10,000 steps a day. And if you're someone who's currently not walking very much at all, you know, move into that gradually. But 10,000 10 step, 10, steps is a great uh, goal to aim for. It's probably between four and five miles. I think it's closer to five. Uh, this is good for everyone, but research has shown that walking at least 30 minutes a day for just three days a week can improve memory, brain function, and reduce the risk of Alzheimer's. So walking is one of those things that it's really hard to overdo it. So if you can do more than 10,000 steps, even better, but try to get yourself up there and see how you can adjust your day to add more steps into it. Another thing that I picked up and, and I think is worth exploring is future self, future self journaling. Uh, knowing who you are and how you want to show up authentically in the world is so important to all of us, not to mention ADHD folks. We are not wired for fake interest, <laughs> as you know. So the sooner you know what makes you tick, the sooner you can start living true to who you really are. And of course, that's when superpowers kick in. So this is really an intentional practice of crafting the future self that you want to be and gradually stepping into that person as you continue to write 
or verbally record your journals um, every day. So I do have some future self-journaling prompts on my website. If you go to it's ADHD friendly forward slash, I believe it's tools or resources, you'll see it in the menu um, and they're all free and you can download them and future self-journaling is one of them. Practice yoga. So yoga not only improves your mind-body connection, which is sometimes really difficult for folks with ADHD, like we often live in our heads and we forget that there's anything below the neck. Uh, it also helps with balance. And um, I don't know the specifics around this, but um, balance is a really good thing for folks with ADHD to practice and work on because it improves um, some bridgeways to the prefrontal, between the, uh, the cerebellum and the prefrontal cortex. That um, bridge, which sends information, I don't know which kind of information, I'm sorry, uh, but the cerebellum um, is improved over, is improved by uh, balance exercises. So there's actually this board you can buy um, that's a balance exercise and you just kind of stand on it, wobble around, uh, and it's designed for folks with ADHD and it's supposed to improve your um, brain function, but yoga does the same thing. Like, you know, try a few different standing poses that require balance and you're going to get the same effect. And it just centers you and brings you into yourself and reintroduces you to your body and grounds you. So I know that a lot of folks find um, yoga to be boring and I would be one of those folks, even though I am a yogi and a yoga teacher and I've gone all the way to India to learn more about it. I still find it initially boring. So I look for instructors that suit my style. I like a very fast, flowy, um, moving style, and I like very few words. I don't like teachers that over talk. But instead of you know trying one practice and saying no, this is not for me, give yourself the benefit of exploring it, different styles, different teachers, and you know if you don't like teach uh, trying it in a studio, there's so many different platforms. Um, I prefer. Uh, yoga, Allo, Allo Moves is the platform I like for yoga. It's really, really good. They've got some great instructors on there. The next one, committing and learning to practicing boundaries. Ugh. So this is a much bigger topic than I can address here, but it is worth mentioning because it's an important part of self-care. Setting clear boundaries in your relationships with yourself will give you the capacity to take better care of yourself. And of course, self-care takes time and commitment and the people around you need to understand that the better you take care of yourself, the better you can show up for them. So, you know, the biggest thing I can underscore about boundaries as I continue to learn about them myself is that they're not just intended to keep people out, but they're also intended to contain you. So, um, the more you have these restraints and guardrails, the better off you will be. Uh, the next one I'm, I actually think might even be further up the list, um, is finding your tribe. So since my diagnosis, I have started connecting with other amazing ADHDers who have, you know, like just a brain style the same as my own. So both in community and also through clients, I find we understand each other's struggles perhaps better than the average person. And, um, if you're looking for a place to connect, there's a bunch of different Facebook groups and um, different like paid communities. Uh, you know, find one that jives with you and and invest in it uh, because I I just find that people with ADHD are so kind and genuine and lovely, absolutely lovely and quirky and interesting and ugh, I'm just I found my people. 
And that could, I could seriously cry to just to say I found my people in this community. Uh, and on that one, uh, if you struggle at all with trying to implement habits or, you know, accountability, structure, any of those things, get a life coach and specifically get an ADHD life coach. So this is someone who is trained in the fundamentals of coaching. So they are a life coach, but they also have the specialized training in ADHD and often have ADHD themselves. So that would be me. I am a certified life coach. Uh, I do have the ADHD training and <laughs> a lifetime of experience with it. And uh, so I think the, the biggest difference, and I could probably do a whole podcast on this, but the biggest difference between a life coach and an ADHD life coach is that the ADHD life coach, knowing your the way your brain is wired, can help ask the right questions to get you thinking about um, rhythms, systems, approaches that will work for you. And they also understand what you're trying to do in the context of perhaps some of the limitations you might have. And everybody's ADHD presents a little bit differently. Um, and in some areas, we're really strong. In some areas, we're really weak. So an ADHD coach will help you identify what your strengths are and build a life around that as opposed to focusing on weaknesses. So if that's something that you're interested in, as you know, I do have um, some spots for one-on-one clients right now, and I am working on a group coaching program. Um, go to my website at it's ADHD friendly forward slash coaching to get more information there. And uh, yeah, that, that is a helpful thing. I've invested on several coaches over the past year and, um, you know, I've made a lot of headway. So those are my ideas around self-care. And again, I will have a list that you can print off on the website, but I want to just touch on something that I've sort of made up myself, but I think it's really important. And it's what I call self, uh, sorry, structured self-care. And what I mean by structured self-care is building scaffoldings around your self-care practice so that it's not in your head, it's actually in your environment. Because if it's in your head, you will most likely forget about it. But if it's in your environment, not only will you remember it, but it becomes more easy to practice. So for example, you know, you want to take your meds every day, have them by the coffee maker. I never forget my coffee. So it's not like I would ever forget my meds. You know, I put my lights um, in the living room on automatic timers. So they go off at 930 and <laughs> that's the, my call to go to bed because I'm sitting there in the dark uh, and it's helpful. Um, I have a big water bottle. It's called Reduce and it's pink and it's beautiful. And I got it from Target and I just fill the sucker up all the time so that I'm always drinking water. I have an area of my house where I have the luxury of leaving my yoga mat out so I can just leave it there and start banging out a few poses in the middle of the afternoon if I want to. Um, like I said, I dress for activity, so I'm always ready to go for a walk because I'm always dressed for it. Um, I have a, an accountability group that helps me stay on task, and that has been super helpful uh, in terms of staying consistent in my business with this podcast, with my YouTube channel, all the things. Uh, I have a Fitbit that um, tracks my sleep and steps, so I recommend that so that you don't have to, you know, it takes the guesswork out of it. It's just all there, that information's there. And you can just look it up on your phone, and if you're feeling like crap, you can look at, you know, your sleep the night before and go, oh, that's probably why, or vice versa. If you're feeling amazing, um, you can see that information there as well. 
and keep it, you know, a journal by your bedside so that you'll be reminded to do a little bit of future self journaling or just regular journaling. And, uh, I, I find that helpful. Um, and then one other thing that I find super helpful is, um, setting up reminders for things. I like using Alexa. I have one in my office and I spend the majority of my workday in the office. So, you know, like at two o'clock, she's like, Hey, gotta take your meds again. Or at one o'clock she says, Hey, go, go back and check your, your to-do list because I'm really trying to stick with a to-do list. And the biggest struggle with that is <laughs> I forget to check it. So uh, my Alexa is like, she's just my little uh, friendly nudge. And I appreciate her so much for that. So that's all I've got for you today. I hope that you found that list helpful. Again, it's on the website at itsadhdfriendly.com along with um, the YouTube channel that will go along with this as well. So if you prefer to watch my self-care habits as opposed to hear them in your balls, head on over to It's ADHD Friendly on the YouTubes and follow me there because uh, I'm up to all kinds of fun things there. And you can also visit me on Instagram. Um, that's the best way to kind of chit chat with me. But uh, that's what I got for you this week. And um, I can't stress enough how important self-care is for all of us. It's not a mani-pedi. It's not a bath. can be if you want it to be, but it's really about an intentional way of structuring your personal care so that you are showing up as your best self, creating your best life. So on that note, I'm going to head out. Thanks again for listening, guys. I'll see you next week. Take care. And yes, most definitely take care. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.